Good afternoon, friends and family. This is your host, Shirley Gore of the Quick Change Podcast. I am so happy to be here. I just want to start off by saying I love you. We're in a time right now where people just really need to hear, I love you. So I'm opening today with just simply saying, I love you, Black man. I see you, Black man. I appreciate you, Black man. I want you to live, Black man. So today we're opening with just love, Black man, live, Black man. And so I thank you for tuning in today. Today is a very, very, very special um, episode. Today I have a guest with me that I met probably, um, come, let's see, I've been married to Nick coming up on six years. So I probably met my sister, Sunny, maybe eight or nine years ago. And um, we met in Birmingham, Alabama for the 50th anniversary of the civil rights movement. Just, she is a sister, she's a mother, she's a friend. She is a warrior. She's a prayer warrior. She will fight to the death for her children. She is a sister like I've never seen. She will reach out in the wee hours of the morning if God puts you on her heart to do so. She's one of the most obedient people I've ever met when it comes to, I don't know why I'm moving, but spirit told me to move and I will explain later. I am on assignment. This sister has taken on some of the biggest assignments just trying to save souls and she didn't even know she was doing it. She was literally being obedient. And this is not even on her. I'm not even talking about what's what's on her bio. I'm just talking about what she means to me. But Sunny is a noted vulnerability expert, federal law enforcement instructor and consultant for the Department of Homeland Security, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, TEDx speaker and master connector, bringing over 30 years of executive consultancy tactical guidance, and professional training to a cross-section of professionals in government, corporate, business, nonprofit, for-profit organizations, faith-based, academia, and the healthcare industry. She has called, she has been called the Olivia Pope of crime and a master connector. Ladies and gentlemen, Sunny Slaughter, how are you, love? Oh, sis. Have you ever had anyone that made you sound like you wore a cape <laughs> and you were really a boss chick? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Can you do all of my intros for me? I sure oh can. Oh, my God. This girl sound like she is on fire. <laughs> so I just call it like I see it, sis. I just call it like I see it. Can, can I tell you, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to your guests. Good morning, and thank you to my, I call my baby sister, I, a grown woman, just evolving in such a mm. magnanimous way. Mm. Um, thank you. I am super proud of you and honored to um, share the mic and some time with you. It's been a long time, mm-hmm. but uh, I have been watching you mm. from the corner of my eye mm. as you explode and mm. just do 
such powerful work. Mm. And having this podcast is is not a surprise <laughs> uh, from you that you uh, really manifest your talents in such a way. Mm. And to God be the glory. Yes, God. For um, all things, and especially when we recognize our purpose. Yes. Which um, I know sometimes people think purpose is, is solid, but purpose is really fluid mm. because uh, uh, vision is fluid. Mm. Uh, it, and, and, and how we have to change with the world mm-hmm. and really show um, deference mm-hmm. to the Father is, is really important. How yes. we stand, we rise, and then we bend yes. is uh, really the way in which I have watched you operate, your parents, your family, mm-hmm. all of you doing mm-hmm. such um, humbling mm-hmm. and life-changing work yes. is, is um I'm honored to be a part of this circle. Yes. And, you know, before you actually flipped on the mic, we were having this conversation and, and catching up. Yes. Because we're, we're all moving about in, in such intentional ways. Mm-hmm. And we don't get the opportunity to spend as much time no. um, catching up as, yes. as we probably should do. And in the time of panic, pandem- pandemic, and, um, purpose yes we realize and recognize now that we just have to do more uh, so i appreciate you giving me the opportunity to lend my voice a uh, part of my perspective and my intentional fluidness and purpose to your podcast today i mean it's 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 been a pleasure um just watching you and, and getting to know you and i know every time we get a chance to be in this space with each other um, most of the time is really spent crying, <laughs> crying and hugging, um, just because we do so much service work, you know, and we are serving the, the, un, you know, the less fortunate, the underserved, we are serving the people that, that, that need the help. I mean, you're, you're a crime analyst for national and global media outlets, including ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, CNN, HNL After Dark, Trinity Broadcast Network. So, I mean, you are constantly in the thick of it, Sonny. And so the Quick Change podcast, we're talking about how life has quickly changed for the, us as a collective and then us individually. And so, how has life changed in that realm of, of crime and, and, and what's happening all over the world? What, what's, what's going on? Oh, you know, recent events have, I, I was really trying to slide away mm-hmm. from all of the um, in-depth work that I do focused on, you know, human trafficking and crimes against persons. Yes. And um, when I transitioned from Alabama to um the D.C. area, I really wanted to focus more on business engagement in a way that connects the vulnerabilities of individuals in corporate um, spaces Mm -hmm. to what their real life looks like Mm -hmm. in community um, spaces. Mm -hmm. And and that was kind of going good until the COVID-19. Right. Uh, But most recently, just the other day, I I did a 360 mm-hmm. 
I, I woke up and I had a wonderful webinar and I engaged with one of my nephews as a police officer. Mm-hmm. And within a minute's time of just, you know, sending him kudos, I saw a video. Yes. Of um, George Floyd. Yes. And I don't do Facebook Live. Right. You know, I'm working on a podcast right. myself, but I should not have watched the video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I did, mm-hmm. I screamed. Right. Because I am a federal law enforcement instructor. Yes. I have trained law enforcement officers across this country yes and globally yes like in a room Mm. talking about issues that impact communities yes doing domestic violence training sexual violence training human trafficking training hate and bias crimes drugs work i have worked with law enforcement officers everywhere yes regardless of race yes and when we when people hear the word law enforcement they kind of put everybody in yes the the same category but they don't so so law enforcement is really like a broad term because corrections officers are are law enforcement right and you know others so it's really about a uniform and a culture and there are people that wear the uniform and there's a culture that has evolved that is really in crisis. Yes. And when I saw this white person. Yes. I notice I didn't say white man. Yes, white I understand. Person. Yes. Because I, I feel like I'm, I, I need to keep evolving this mm-hmm. whole conversation. Yes. If this wasn't a police officer, this was a white person. Yes. In a police uniform. Yes. Committing a crime. Yes. Of murder, intentional yes. homicide. Yes. In front of all of us. Yes. I freaked out because I realized we were all watching a murder. Yes. Happening before our eyes. Yes. This wasn't an arrest. This no. was not detainment. No. This was this was an actual this wasn't a movie on television. No. Like this wasn't some script that was written out and then the actors were gonna get up from we all watched a murder happen right before our Sonny, eyes. this was realer than reality TV. Oh, yeah, because reality TV is even it's Exactly. Gosh. We watched a murder happen. Yeah. And we're broken. I'm broken. The world is broken. Um, I am. I, I posted something yesterday where I said, you know, y'all, please stop sending me the videos. Please stop tagging me and because I'm going to know, right, Sonny, but when you get to a point where 
<clears throat> fear begins to live in your body because we we are African American women. So we have sons, husbands, brothers, fathers, uncles, cousins. What what do we do, Sonny? What do we do at home? How can we, you know, because they're marching and they're but but they're tearing up our stuff. Right. So so what do we do as a collective? What can we do since you you are in the you're in the room, you're training, you're telling them the do's and don'ts. So from our side, what do we do? Honestly, I do not in any form or fashion condone the destruction of property. And, yes. And that's not change. Right. That's just as illegal um, as any other yeah. thing that uh, it's not a response. It is a reaction. Mm. And we have got to move from reacting to a more responsive way mm. to address how things are impacted. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand people marching. It's not what I do. Mm-hmm. I need to get in the room. Mm-hmm. I believe in policy changes. I believe in voting. Mm-hmm. I believe in um, protesting differently. Mm-hmm. And I think um, we all have to know what our role is. Yes. And um, my role is not on the streets. My role must be in the room. Yes. And. Uh, must be having conversations like this mm-hmm. where we decide how do we change um, the opportunities for individuals like these uh, people mm-hmm. who murder yes. and who maim and who have no disregard for humanity. Yes. Burning up our stuff doesn't change anything that they right, do. Right. We have to be better at uh, ensuring that communities are involved, mm-hmm. that we have citizen review boards, mm-hmm. that we have policies, that we are informed because yes. part of the problem always comes from lack of informed knowledge. Yes. See, people think they have knowledge, mm-hmm. but informed knowledge is just as empower, is just as powerful as mm-hmm. can informed consent. Got you. Mm. And we can't give up either. Mm. See, we consent to uh, some things when we don't know that we have options and choices. Right. And part of our options and choices, who do we elect? Mm. How do we allow them to govern? Mm-hmm. How do we hold them accountable? Mm-hmm. Who do we think is really responsible Mm -hmm. and how do we respond and stop reacting? Mm. Because if you put oil into water, if that's a reaction, what happens, how they separate. Yes. If you throw a Molotov cocktail, you don't get a response. The response that you get is based on what you've done yes yes 
we we don't think that uh, it is important for us to uh, hold our guns in the same way that we see white protesters doing. Because we know the response is going to be different. But we have to put people in office where we are supported in ways that make long-term change. Because everything that that happens is really about the long-term. Yes, There's 400 years of slavery. Mm-hmm. And we think that we have evolved. Mm-hmm. Because we see a Black person in office. We have a Black mayor. We might have mm-hmm. a Black police chief. But what do we do to ensure that who we see as leaders in the community actually are leading responsibly and lead to make change that is better for us, but for all people? Yes. Because there are white people that are not going to see Georgia's death as as anything that impacts them until we make them see how it impacts them. Yes. Yes. And we're not putting, setting up fires and tearing up communities and where the person that committed the murder right. is. Right. We're doing that where we have to, like, where we have to shop, right. where we have to stay, where right. we have to live. Right. How much sense does that make? Right. It, it, it makes none. But, but then the thing about it is, Sonny, it's like... We can talk about voting and putting people into office, but culturally, culturally, that is not something that we do. We don't do that. So think the, the people that are saying, go, get out and vote, get out and vote. We are we are be, literally beating a dead horse in order for the change that we want to see now. Us trying to get people to get their IDs and get this done and get that culturally, we're just not going to do it. So. It starts in the homes with the conversation. So being a mother of of and, and having sons, what what does that conversation look like at home? If we can start on a more basic level by having those conversations, how do how does that start? What does that look like? Part of the thing about conversations is most conversations that uh, that are about these issues come from a place of pain. Yes. You and I talked about this just a few moments ago about healing. And um, I have two sons and I have two daughters. The only child, uh, uh, and I have all my children are young adults. Mm -hmm. Um, The only one that is with me now is my son, Alex, who is a uh, senior now at Howard University. And Alex is 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And... When I gave birth to my poor children Mm -hmm. and the conversations that I had with them were always that you can't ever forget that you're black. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that there are things that you might want to do that you won't be able to do because Mm -hmm. people don't want you to do them. Yes. And you have to know how to handle that. Um, and you will be called a nigger. Mm. It's at some point in your life, you just know that somebody's going to say that to you. Mm-hmm. They might look like you, but it is going to sound different when they don't look like you. Mm-hmm. But either way, the word and you being called that should not sit well with you. Mm-hmm. See, because somebody looking like you shouldn't 
it, it shouldn't be like, okay, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. are going to be denied access. Mm-hmm. You are going to have to be 100 times better mm-hmm. than somebody that doesn't look like you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to outperform. Mm-hmm. And no matter, Alice wants to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. Oh, wow. That's a heavy lift. Yes, it is. But no matter how many credentials that you have, when you get in the car, you still won't be black. Right. And there'll be black police officers that pull you over and there'll be white ones that'll pull you over and some and there'll be some that are different races. Mm-hmm. But remember that you gotta put that hand on ten and two or whatever you right. have to do. But don't move too quickly. Right. And I know your father, this is the conversation I've had with Alex because his father is a police officer and Mm -hmm. I know your father's a law enforcement officer Mm -hmm. your mother's a law enforcement instructor and do not think that that will save you Mm. because the first thing that people are going to see is the color of your skin Right. right so in my house long before I could even have a conversation with them before that happened Mm -hmm. you know as they grew up I had to have a conversation with myself Mm. about how important the conversation that I have with my children would be and that as they grew up they would have to get nuggets Mm. of and reminders Mm -hmm. throughout their lives Mm -hmm. of who they are and and how they have to perform in, in this new age and so if those are the conversations that we're having at home uh, with our with our with our sons and daughters about how to carry ourselves in this world. My question is, how does a murderer get in a blue uniform? If we're if we're having heart to heart conversations, what conversations are happening in their households to the point where they are so empowered enough to think that even outside of their neuroses or their psychosis, that they can they can they can be men and women in blue. Because they get a pass. Mm. The conversations in their household look like you can do anything that you want to. Look at all the people before you. Look at all the people that stand around and clap and cheer you on. Look at um, the president of the United States and his Mm -hmm. comments Mm -hmm. that say uh, you're in a uniform and it's okay if you rough them up. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you injure them. I don't care if you injure them. Mm-hmm. The conversations in their home have nothing at all to do with lack of privilege and everything with that you are privileged and you have the power. Mm-hmm. And we run this. Yes. We are in control. Right. And and nobody gets to tell you no. Right. But they get in uniforms when we don't have a say. And unfortunately, Households look different mm-hmm. in education, right? In income, with black households, mm-hmm. black and brown households mm-hmm. look different when it comes to education, when it comes to income, when it comes to uh, generational trauma. Mm-hmm. But what doesn't look different are our experiences, and our experiences are what drive that conversation. Mm-hmm. And we're so Black people, yes, specifically, right? Um, because this is happening to black and brown individuals, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but black people specifically are so ingrained 
in pain, James Baldwin said, uh, you know, his famous quote where he talked about um, black people in a perpetual state of anger. Yes. Well, we are in a perpetual, also in a perpetual state of danger because 400 years later, we still can't rise collectively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have a crab mentality. And although so many people died for our right to vote, there is some truth in the fact that (coughs) our vote doesn't seem like it counts. Mm -hmm. Because of all of the techniques of oppression. Mm -hmm. So even though we have evolved and we have manifest, it's hard to tell some black people, your your vote, your vote counts when we also tell them if you're a criminal that you can't vote. Right. Right. And some of this criminal behavior, notice I said some has nothing to do with history, but it does have every, it has nothing to do with the history that they think Mm -hmm. they they don't, people don't feel less connected to um, Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks Mm -hmm. when they're um, in in this whole thing, but our environment, vulnerable populations, poverty, social determinants of health, intersecting social determinants of health. There is when we talk about health care and access, the difference between access and accessible right. is always the problem. And, and accessible are just a few more letters from a, from a visual standpoint. Right. But that's really a lot of barriers mm-hmm. for so many people. Right. So they say, well, you have access to health care, but mm-hmm. you can go to any hospital. That's not access. Right. Because when you go and you don't have insurance, mm-hmm. then you get treated. Oh, and then there's a bill that follows you. Yeah. that then impacts your credit. Yes. And then you don't have access to credit, yes. which means you don't have access to, to wealth. And let alone, you can't even comprehend generational wealth. Mm. So we're having conversations. We're just having different conversations. And how many people think they can make a difference? I'm I'm talking about what most people are talking about, you know, changing policies. Yes. And, and black people say, what the heck that's going to do? Right. And I get that. What is that going to do? See, policies change practice. Yes. And practice change behaviors. So had we had some policies, really good policies in place, then police officers like this white person Mm -hmm. who has had all of these prior complaints Mm -hmm. would have been removed and there would be systems in place to keep him from going to Another police department. Right. You know, it's all those yes. keys. Yes. That's power. Mm. Hmm. There's something in the power mm-hmm. that we always miss. But you got to start with not the tearing up stuff. Yes. But being a part of systemic change requires us to do, to, to really act systemically. 
voting. What I'm going to do? I, I, I can't even vote. You might not be able to vote, but you can still become informed and educated about who's in office. And then you can change the paradigm of other people's perspective when they decide to vote. Mm, yes, this is this is I'm going to quote and I want to talk really briefly about our encounter uh, with um, the, the amazing, incomparable Harry ah. Belafonte. And so I'm going to read a quote from Mr. Belafonte. He says to mute the slave has always been the best interest of the slave owner. When a black oh. voice is raised in protest to oppression, those who are comfortable with our oppression are the first to criticize us for daring to speak out against it. What do you say to I, that? I say that everything that I said prior to you reading Harry's quote is what he was talking about. Nailed it. That's why I was like, everything she's saying is basically what Harry is saying. And I think, you know, the, I just got chills. The, the encounter, but I think it has a lot to do with the encounter that, that we had with with Mr. Belafonte. Can can you just speak speak to that a little bit and just to how he I remember him saying him getting up and speaking as we were presenting him um, with the award, you know, going into the Jazz Hall of Fame. And he said that he has sat down with so many different leaders and different um, politicians. And, you know, they're all in the room and they're saying, you know, this is, you know, this is what we need you to do. And the church needs you to do this, Mr. Belafonte. And the culture needs you to do this, Mr. Belafonte. And he looked at them and just literally asked them, what have you done? Yes. And it was and yes. like, and didn't, and didn't, and, and it wasn't in a condescending way. It was just like, what have you done? He is, oh gosh. So your father, mm -hmm. uh, leader, uh, masterful uh, <laughs> man and, and extraordinaire who of the Southern Christian Leadership Foundation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I even heard that I was receiving an award. First of all, I was absolutely floored because I was like, huh, me? What? Are you kidding <laughs> Wait, me? <laughs> like, I just, I, I had no, I have no place of reference. And let me say this for this advocacy activist and stuff that I do. Mm -hmm. So I don't have, this doesn't come from my family. Mm -hmm. I don't have a point of reference or, or, or somebody that I looked up to or, or this is what somebody did in my family. I am the, this is what she did gotcha. kind of thing mm -hmm. going on here. Mm -hmm. So you, you, I get this call, this email, and, and then I'm thinking, oh, okay. And then Harry Velasquez, what? They started this in Sydney 48. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but then I find out that Mr. Harry Belafonte himself yes. is like going to hand me the award. <laughs> yes. I was like, I said, did, did you, like, let me, let me sit there. Because <laughs> you, you really have to like, yes, sit down yes. on yep. the reverence, the complete, I'm, so I'm, I'm floored. Mm -hmm. And then I find out Amelia Boynton. Robinson. Yes. Queen she Mother. Yes, Queen Mother. Yes. And my mother has been gone.
gone for my mother died two days after her 49th birthday it's been 22 years now mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. it wasn't 22 years then it was still mm-hmm. 20 so she died in 1998 but mm-hmm. so when you get all of this so the first person that I want to call is my mom right and then I can't right. call my mom right so then I'm talking to her out loud, and I'm like, Mom, Dale, Dale. <laughs> Dale. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. But we're all in the room yes. together. Yes, And uh, And I go up, and I'm standing there, and y- you all are watching, and you're taking pictures, mm-hmm. and you're the family that mm. I need mm. that um, really gave me power. Mm. And um, you all knew all of the other parts of my story yes. that were in silence. Mm-hmm. And, um, but very painful for me. Yes. Um, and I will never forget, I am talking about this now as we're in the Western Hotel. Mm-hmm. And I, I come down and you're in the room and dad is in the room and he's writing or working on something. Mm-hmm. And and you're in there and you're sitting on the bed and we're just talking. And he says, well, why don't you just go and have a um, conversation with Harry? <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, he's like upstairs. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah. Because I would have never done that. Right. Because I believe in giving someone of his caliber yes. space that they need to yes. breathe. Listen yes. to what breathe. Yes. Ooh, come on. Breathe. And you said, no, come on, I'll go up there with you. Yes. <laughs> come on, sissy. Girl. <laughs> And, you know, we go upstairs on, on the rooftop and mm-hmm. his wife is sitting on the chair and mm-hmm. you sit down with her mm-hmm. and you say, go over there and talk to him. Yeah. He's sitting over in the corner by himself yes. by the pool, just watching. Sunbathing. He was sunbathing. sunbathing. He was sunbathing. with that with that little like aluminum gym. thing, like his head, getting his head right for the for the award show that night. Yeah. It's just like, he's just like sitting there chilling. You know? It's just like, oh, yeah. But who wants to bother a man like that, yes. you know, when he's having his own moment? Yes. And you're just like, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But when I go over, mm-hmm. and he's sitting down, and I'm standing up, and I'm thanking him. And mm-hmm. My kids were there that day. They mm-hmm. were in the pool. And he was watching them. He didn't know they were my kids. Mm-hmm. But he's just sitting there watching them. And there's no one but the two of us. The, mm-hmm. You all are way across the other yeah. side. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing up and I begin to thank him and tell him a few things. And I can't even tell you the point or what I said exactly that caused him to look up at me. And he said, all of that happened to you in Birmingham? Mm-hmm. And he reached over to a chair that was, he didn't get up, mm-hmm. but there was a chair close enough for him to reach over. And he grabbed it and pulled it next to his, very close, like right there, like a child. Uh-huh. And he said, sit down. Mm-hmm. And it was the most fatherly moment where we began to talk 
I began to talk and he would listen and every so often he would say something. And I know people wanted to disturb us because you told me later that people kept calling and his wife said, whatever they're talking about, Mm -hmm. he looks like he's very, he wants to be involved and and nobody's going to disturb. So she didn't allow anybody to disturb us. Nope. We were there for more than an hour, Mm -hmm. just us. Yeah. Talking, almost two. Yeah. (laughs) And he had so much to say to me. Mm -hmm. And the only things that I ever share, he had a lot to say. Mm Mm-hmm. That I have always kept in my bosom and close to me. Yes. But the one thing that he said to me is what you said earlier mm-hmm. when he asked them, what have you done? Yeah. When he asked those leaders. Yes. What he said to me then became what my TED Talk says. What are you really willing to do for others? Mm. That is... The one part of what I have shared with others, because it is the most profound question that he asked me mm-hmm. after I shared all, all. of my pain. <laughs> yes, now, yes. He then going to ask me, what am I willing to do for others? And I'm thinking, Lord, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. I got to do more. I done been homeless. I done had to. Right. I'd have been locked up. Right. And you asked me, what am I willing to do for her? Yeah. But there is something about when he says that. Mm-hmm. When he there's says that. About when he says that. Yes. There's something about when he asks leaders who have a lot of weight. Yes. A question. Yes. What are you? He is the consummate listener, mm-hmm. leaner. Mm-hmm. And then leader, mm-hmm. because he challenges you mm-hmm. to not rest. Yes. Yes. In either your pain mm. or in your comfort Ooh. of power. Yes, Sonny. Because he says, and he asks you, okay, I get that. So what you going to do? Yes. And then what do you want to do for somebody else? Yes. Yes. And when you want to rest well yes. in your pain. Yeah. And then somebody challenges you. Yeah. Not just somebody. Yeah. But Harry Belafonte. Exactly. Exactly. He yeah. asked you the question. What you supposed to do? I have leaned in every day. I have led with that encounter mm-hmm. and I have learned and every day I realize that's the ultimate question. Mm-hmm. Everything else that I might think or say or mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. if it doesn't begin and end with that, I'm not doing anything except whining that part if we're just we're whining we are we are actually giving that energy more momentum to carry on to to carry out another act of violence Mm 
And so it's like if we, if all of us are so angry to where we were, um, they were doing, um, they were like marching or riding on the 101, the 101 freeway here yesterday. And I watched a video of a young man sitting on a police car and the police car took off on the freeway and the young man fell off of the front of the police car and his body laid lifeless in the street. And I said, oh my God, that is, that is another young African-American man dead behind the lack of knowledge of how to protest, how to be heard. I look at how the greats, Harry Belafonte and um, Martin Luther King, how the how they showed up, and he uh, he also speaks about how they showed up in their in their button up shirts, in their slacks, in their hard bottoms, it, with their books in hand, with their proof of perch. You know what I mean? This is this this is our book, and these are our rules, and we're willing to sit down and talk about it. We're willing to show up with arms locked in peace. So why is it so hard if there is a book, if there's a pamphlet that's telling you how how the, how our elders and how our ancestors has done, why can't we take a page from that book, Sonny? Why, why, why can't we just look and say, we want to quote Martin Luther King, but we don't want to approach it like Martin Luther King? Exactly. And even with Malcolm, he said, by any means necessary, yes. but... When you know how he led, yes, he could raise his hand and the men yep. would march collectively. Mm. They, they moved in a unison mm-hmm. that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what you just said, how to show up. Yes. Which is what I am trying to say to people. It's protesting works in some ways, mm-hmm. but not Martin never yelled or screamed. Mm. Mm-hmm. He was very controlled and measured mm-hmm. for the collective. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean that he wasn't screaming sometimes. Mm-hmm. But when you are screaming, you can't hear what nobody else is saying. And it makes you gaugeable. It makes you vulnerable. And that's the thing. They could not. He was so calculated that they could not gauge him. They never knew what his next move would be. And when you move in silence, it confuses the enemy. Yes. And and more importantly, when I... The other day when I did my first Facebook Live, Mm -hmm. we just talked about screaming. Mm -hmm. I was screaming. Yes. And then guess what? What? A lot of what I said was inaudible. Mm. Got you. But when I became controlled. Yes. Yes. When I got controlled of me, Mm -hmm. then everything that I was saying could be heard. Yes. And you didn't have to agree with it. But the point is to be heard, to change perspective. I woke up this morning with people's perspective change. Mm -hmm. I have been getting inboxes and everything. But when it's inaudible, you can't hear anything. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing 
is not people are taking advantage mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the protests mm-hmm. because they don't care about change. Change mm-hmm. happens when you are controlling the narrative, mm-hmm. when you are controlling your position. Mm-hmm. So how you show up does matter. Yes. It really does. How we show up to what if you can't vote, you don't you can take somebody else to vote. Mm-hmm. If you don't think voting matters, then you don't have a chain, you don't have a say in how things change. Right. If you can't show up to the meeting, then you don't even know what they're talking about. When you are least informed, you are least productive mm. in change. Mm. Because you don't know. See, because the thing that um, people in power do, mm-hmm. they don't change their position. They change the policies and the practices. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what they're changing. They change the stuff that's in writing mm-hmm. because the stuff in writing then changes the behavior. Right, right. It, it says that you can either go forward today, um, the the dude that's in charge. Mm-hmm. He's he said he's gonna come out and and put something. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a policy about uh, the media, social media platforms. Mm-hmm. That's going to impact all of us, right? He he didn't do he didn't hold a protest, right? He put something in writing to change the policy, right? That, well, that's what he's threatening to do, right? Because that's what the, you control the narrative. Martin read, Malcolm read. They spoke. They led with words that empower the people. Yes, yes. they led with practices and behavior. Right. To empower people. Rosa Parks. And I'm just calling people that we that yes, we the, always call on. Yes. She didn't scream. She sat down. Yep. Yep. Charles Drew. Some people don't even know what he did. Mm-hmm. But everything that he did when it comes to blood, he didn't scream about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He created a system. To change how all of the things around blood and transfusions mm-hmm. and cultures and all of those things that matter. Mm-hmm. How, you know, people don't want to wear a mask. Well, we actually have a lot of black public health experts, mm-hmm. but they have to be positioned at tables. Right. So we have to support that. I don't get I don't get any of this going out there, stopping cars in the highway. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I have no um, clear understanding or justification for that mm-hmm. because that that is um, least informed. Right. I always think. Right. But somebody died, and so see, somebody died, but he didn't die because uh, people will say, "Well, he died because the police officer pulled off." Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what I was saying. I told my husband, I said, Nick, they're going to say he the police had they, he knew he was on the top of his car. He should have slowed down. He should have never. But they were throwing, you know, they were throwing skateboards and rocks at the back of they had bust the back of this car's window out. Right. So now it's like trigger, 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 trigger. Everybody's being triggered. Right. 
And now this lifeless, these people were throwing things at this car. And now they, it literally went from the police car, all of these people being around this police car to now all of these people were standing over a lifeless body. The police no longer were even a thing. They are now standing over a lifeless body. Another lifeless Another body. Another lifeless um, brown body. Yeah, another one. And everything that he thought he was doing that was impactful, yeah. he's dead. Yeah. And his family. Yeah. He, I mean, literally, to see a life... To see a life like I saw him on the top of the car and then he just was not on the top of the car. And I said, I told him, I said, baby, he broke his neck. I know he broke his neck. And so the fact that we are seeing so much death and murder and I mean, on just on TV, on live, on Instagram, on Facebook, I'm like, to, what, what do we do, Sonny? How, how do we, how do we create a loving home environment? In spite of what's going out, how do we send our husbands out into the world? Um, how do we do that? In, in closing, how do we do that? I think that we send them out with confidence that we support them, mm -hmm. that we love them, that we are here for them. Yes. That they are strong. And more importantly, that they matter. They matter. Um, um, Alex went running mm -hmm. yesterday. He went for a jog. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, I took to Facebook Live because I was afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. he has to leave the house. Yes. He has to go. Right. He has to live his own life. He can't stay at mom's mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. He is a grown man. And he has to find his way. Right. And I'm afraid, and I needed a little help, mm -hmm. so I had to get distracted. Yes. But I became distracted by engaging in dialogue mm -hmm. about the issues that matter. Mm -hmm. Until he came back through the door. Mm -hmm. I think we have to send them out, allow them and all of us to live with the knowledge that things will happen. Mm-hmm. We will never be prepared, but we must be responsible, mm -hmm. keeping them covered. Mm -hmm. If we pray, pray. Mm -hmm. And I'm not subscribing that we all need to pray the same way. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, because some people don't, and and that's okay too. I'm I'm for I'm for whatever you have to do to make a difference. And I think that we all make a difference by being educated and informed about how change really happens yes. and, and, and how we can help those that don't understand become more informed. If they don't vote, they don't vote. Right. But then they don't get a say. Right. And if they can't vote, that's different. Right. But, um, we have to keep showing up. We have to ensure that there are, uh, accountability measures in place. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, we have to push for people who are educated, and I'm not talking about necessarily book smart, mm -hmm. but those who are educated and formed to be in the rooms that matter. Yes. Because see, the things happen in the rooms. Yes. 
And what I keep finding out, even as smart as I think I am, mm -hmm. that there are rules where things happen that we don't even know about. Yes. And it might only be one of us that look like us in the room, but that doesn't mean that that person is in the room. Exactly. For what we need them to yes. be in the room for. Yes. Because see, every person that look like us, it's not always for us. Come on. And they're not always informed. Come on. So we keep. Like I, I don't vote vote in for black uh, for a black face right. because they might not understand the black agenda. Mm. They might not understand the and and I don't protest because I'm like I'm not gonna be out there that that does not work. Right, right. Everyone but has see, their own agenda. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has their own, and I'm thinking. Uh, you outside and was making changes in the room. Mm. I'm, I don't need, I'm not going to be outside. I'm be in the room. Come on in the room. I need you to make sure that me and people like me, we are in the room. And when I go to the room and when I am in the room, mm -hmm. I don't have to scream. I don't have to shout. But everything that I say is intentional. Mm hmm and I don't move off the agenda mm. that black people and mm. brown people and marginalized people and vulnerable people matter most. Mm. I don't care whether the person looks like me is leading. Mm -hmm. If they're wrong, oh, I'm going to be the one to call them out. <laughs> my mama said. I already my know Olivia Pope. <laughs> that my mouth was going to get me in trouble. Uh-huh. Well, as Malcolm said, by any means necessary, yes, I don't have to fight. Yes, I just need to be able to walk in and control the narrative. Yes, controlling the narrative, um, rewriting the narrative, and then controlling yes. the narrative. Sunny, if there yes. was if there was one nugget you could leave with the masses. Um, a mantra, a best practice, a meditation, uh, anything, a quote, um, just to encourage us as a, as a culture, as, as the, the, um, in the time of the space of, of the pandemic, you know, this is something that will be forever marked in time for us. What, what do you have for us? What can we, what can we take away from you? Uh, it's a quote mm -hmm. and, and you shared it. I wrote this quote many years ago, mm -hmm. and it says, what you ignore doesn't just go away. Mm. What you close your eyes to doesn't just disappear. Mm -hmm. And what you remain silent about doesn't clear your conscience. Mm. And we are all accountable for how we show up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How we move forward, who we show up for. And each day, I realize that I am only as good as what I am really willing to do for others. Mm. Whether that's inside of my home or outside of my home. Yes. You're only as good as what you are willing to do for others. Wow. I um I am forever changed just by this encounter and from all the other encounters that we have. Sunny, this is, you know, the conversation we're having now is 
parallel to the conversations that we have once we get past the tears of just kind of getting off of us, the people that we've served and, and the, the hurt people that we've seen. And so, Sonny, I can't thank you enough for just keeping us informed. You keep the masses informed. You keep us in the loop, but not from a logistical standpoint, but also from a, a humanitarian standpoint. So I thank you for being such a beautiful mixture of both of them, which is how you're able to eloquently come in the room and speak for the human race and not just for African-American women or African-Americans, period. So Sunny, thank you for the lighthouse that you are. Thank you for speaking on behalf of us, standing up for us. I appreciate everything you've done for the culture, for your children, for the masses. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Sunny Slaughter coming to you on the Quick Change Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged today by this um, episode. We hope that you are informed. We ask that you vote, educate yourself while you're on Google, Google who your local um, who, who your local people are, what, what they're doing, um, uh, what their policies are. So, Sonny, if the people want to find you, how can they find you? Can you give us your social media, your LinkedIn, website, anything? Yes, I am. Uh, my website is sunnyslaughter.com, and I am literally all things Sunny Slaughter. I am on Twitter, Sunny Slaughter. I am on Instagram, the Sunny Slaughter. Mm. I am on Facebook, Sunny Slaughter. Facebook, Sunny Consulting, Sunny Slaughter. Um, if you just Google me, I can be found. I am so grateful and humbled by the opportunity to speak to your listeners today, to engage. Um, I'm willing to show up. <laughs> and so I'm willing so, to show up with Sunny. So <laughs> reach out. Um, I am saying to you all on a public platform, Sunny, if there's anything that you need, I am willing to be on the front line. You know how we get down. Um, yes. You know that we show up uh, well, and we show I out. Am going to need you. I am launching my own podcast called A 360 Degree Lens with Sunny Slaughter. It mm, is coming sooner yes. rather than later. Yes. And I am going to need your voice, your presence, and your support along with your listener, listeners and yes. followers. Yes. So we can get more of this collective message out. Um, but before we go, Thank you. You are, um, you have always amplified uh, greatness. Mm. Continue to be great, my sister. And I love you, dear. I love you so much, Sunny. I thank you. Listeners, we love you so much. Stay tuned. There's more coming. We're going to be talking about love, light, how to hold each other accountable, how to love each other in the household while we have the time. So this is Shirley Gore, your host, coming to you with the Quick Change podcast. What quick change has changed your life? We love you. <laughs>